We're going to pray. We're going to get into the word and why she's doing that. I want you to put in the comment section, TLP is for me. Total life prosperity. TLP is for me. Do that while she's praying. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We bless yes. you. We honor you. We thank you for your goodness. You are so gracious and kind to us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that because of Jesus, we have the ability to have life and have it more abundantly. And we are thankful to be saved. Yes. We are thankful to be yes. new creatures. We are thankful to thank have been made righteous. We thank you that because of the Holy Spirit, we can live righteous because we can hear your voice Amen. and follow you. Yes. We thank you that because of the Holy Spirit, we have restraint that constrains us and causes us to do the things that pleases you and that we can get understanding and revelation so we know the way to go. So, Father, we thank you for the written word. The written word, yes, it corrects, yes. it instructs, it gives Amen. us discipline, it instructs us. And, yes. Lord, we just ask today that you said anytime we can see, hear, and understand that we shall be converted shall. and be healed. Shall. And so we declare that today is a day that we see, a day is the day that we hear and we understand, <clears throat> and it is our conversion day. Amen. Bring every area of our life into the total life prosperity that you have planned for the before the foundation of time. Starting with if there's anybody watching this broadcast that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we compel you, we yes. call you into the kingdom yes. Yes. because all true life starts with our Lord in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm super excited about this. We laughed last week about how, hey, I did the notes, right? I not only did the notes, but we are sticking to the notes, right? Because I believe that there are some essential ingredients for total life prosperity, that if we look at any area of our lives that in, that look like what the word says, mm. we have done these things. Mm. So we established last week that total life prosperity is the will of God. Put that in the comments. Total life prosperity is the will of God. And one of the things that I hope this series does is breaks up this religious mindset that makes us think that in order to live our best life, in order to have the best of everything, we've got to follow the world or we've got to follow the devil or sell our soul. Right. You don't have to sell your soul to the Illuminati or some kind of witchcraft or some kind of new age. Prosperity, the commonwealth of the people of God was God's idea first. Mm -hmm. You can go back and you can look in Genesis and you can see in Genesis that God put the Adam and Eve in a prosperous place place before he ever, ever, ever gave them any work to do before he ever created them. And nothing has changed about that, except that he has now established Jesus in order to quickly over our foundational scriptures, our foundational scripture, third John two, mm -hmm. beloved, above all things. I wish that you would prosper and be in health even, even as even your in. soul prospers. Mm -hmm. So we see here it is the will of God for us to prosper and be in health. Amen. Man, even just that scripture can change your life. It lets you know that God is not interested in us overworking for money and having bad health. He is not interested in us being healthy and being broke. He is not interested in us being healthy and having money in our relationship being jacked up. But he is saying to us, 
It is going to be determined by the prosperity of our soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination, mm -hmm. right? So as we allow the word of God to reframe our thinking, to transform our thinking, to transform our lives, then we are going to live a more prosperous life mm -hmm. because our decisions are going to reflect what God desires Absolutely. for us, right? Absolutely. Then we look at John 10 and 10. Is Jesus saying, there is a thief that has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. Somebody shout life. Mm -hmm. It's not just existence. It's not just surviving. It is the Zoe God kind of life and that you would have it more abundantly. I believe in the Amplified Classic. It says to the full, tell it overflow. Mm -hmm. That that's the kind of life God wants us in to abundance have. To the in full. abundance to the full, tell it mm -hmm. overflow. In fact, it reminds me of when it says, if you give, it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, mm -hmm. right? God is always into getting us into the running over life. He wants us running over in love, running over in health, running over in peace, right? That's the life Jesus has come mm -hmm. to give us. Mm -hmm. And then in Jeremiah 29 and 11, which is our last foundation of scripture, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Yep. Says who? The, the Lord. Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster mm -hmm. to give you a future and a, hope. and a hope. And I was thinking about in all the years we've been pastoring, how many times we watch people quote this scripture and then attempt to try to create their own plans. Mm -hmm. But the success, the good, the future and the hope is in the plans he has for us. Yeah, because God will put a God will put that future in your heart. He doesn't put the future in your heart so that you can chase after it. He puts it there so that you can have an expectation of what he's going to do as we follow him. And what happens is people get it mixed up. They the, 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 the vision that they see in their heart from God, right? The thing God wants to do for them, they'll see it. But then what they'll do is they'll try to go after it in its own efforts. And all we have to do is look at Abraham and see what happens when you go after, after a vision that God gave you in your own effort. You end up just creating an Ishmael in your life. And so then you've created this thing that now uh, is a counterfeit to what God really wanted to do because you wouldn't you wouldn't settle it and wait on God to lead you into. It. Oh, that's so good. And that's why in Matthew 6 and 33, it tells us what? Seek, Seek ye first the, the kingdom, kingdom of, God of God and its righteousness mm -hmm. and the things will be added. Mm -hmm. The world tells us to chase the bad. Yep. The world tells us to chase fame and fortune, to chase the seat at the table. But the kingdom says, if you will make God your number one priority, right. he will add everything you need to your life, indeed, right? Indeed. Now, once we know that something is God's will for us, we have a responsibility to do our part. Mm -hmm. Put this in the comments. I must do my part. Mm -hmm. I must do my part. I can't just sit back and go, oh, yeah, total life prosperity is for me. But every single day, I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing because what's going to happen is I'm going to be disappointed yep. that what God is saying about me is not what I'm seeing in my life, That's right? True. We have to do our part. We don't want to be frustrated. We don't want to be aggravated. We don't want to open the door for our offense. And that's what happens when we do our own thing, yep. right? So we begin to talk to you about these eight ingredients that we talked about. And I'm, I was telling you this morning, I'm super excited for next Sunday, mm -hmm. right? 
I know we got to get through this message. I'm super excited because we're going to start to break these down. But if, before we break them down, we got to finish because we only did four. Right. So I'm just going to recap the first yep. four and then we're going to get into the last four for this set, right? So we talked about how you have to have a desire. Right. We talked about how it's important to be pliable to God and he'll give you the desires he has for you, yep. right? Then we talked about number two, it's important to make a decision. Yep. You got to choose this day whom you're going mm -hmm. to serve, right? Yep. As for me and my house, yeah. we, we going to serve, serve the Lord. Lord. That's Amen. what we're going to do, Amen. right? And then you got to declare it. You've got to say what God is yes. saying about your situation. Your salvation is going to be is going to come by the expression of your faith out of your mouth mm -hmm. as the man believeth that is what he's going to speak, Amen. right? And then we've got to dedicate ourselves to the purpose that God has called us Amen. to. And I think we talked briefly about that. Like one of the things we know God has called us to is holiness, mm -hmm. right? So we must dedicate ourselves to holiness in order to live holy, and right? The reason we need to dedicate ourselves to holiness is because James says that if we don't, then the only diff the only thing you can be if you're not being holy is unholy. And he says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He said, in fact, let this man not think he shall receive anything from the Lord when he's in that state. And so God says, listen, I need you to pick a team. Pick a team. I, I need you to pick a team. And, and the team you want to pick is Team Jesus. Because over here, I've already got your future and your hope established. Over here, you're not going to have to struggle and strain and toil for the future. I've already cleared the path. I just need you to partner with me so that that ease that we've been talking about in our guiding word can then be incorporated into our life. You know, I was praying last night and this was the thing that kept coming up in my heart. It's either God's will or it's not. Yeah. And, and and you hear this saying, I've said it, that the challenge is, is that sometimes what we think is good is not God, mm -hmm. but we need to reframe that. If it's not God, it's not good. Right. Right. Come on and put that in the comments. If it's not God, it's not good, Facts, right? Period. If it's not God, it's not good. Mm -hmm. That has to be our mindset if we want total life prosperity. Mm -hmm. We don't want anything God doesn't want us to have, so we don't entertain what God has said no to, yep. whether that's by his word or whether that's what the Holy Spirit has specifically said to us. We don't entertain anything that God has not saying for us because if it's not God, it's not good. Period. Period. Now, I'm going to give you number five because you've been talking about it. Okay, let's jump into it. So we've got four more of these we're going to talk about today. Uh, and if you did, if this is your first time here and you didn't catch all four of those, we went a little fast, go back and watch that previous broadcast. We spent almost an hour talking about those four individual things. So let's jump into number five. Number five, if you're going to uh, have the essential ingredients to live a life uh, of total life prosperity, one of the things you got to have is discipline. discipline. You're going to have to have some discipline. And notice, we didn't say motivation. Okay, you need motivation. It's your internal uh, Kindle. It's the thing that gets you started. But if you're going to last, if you're going to run this race of faith, if you're going to endure hardship as a good soldier, you are going to need some discipline. And one of the scriptures that we use when we talk about discipline is here in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1 and 7. It says, for God has not given us, what? A spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
end of a sound mind, yes. end of a sound mind. In other words, what he has done is he's giving us the tools to be able to maintain control in chaotic situations. I thought it was so interesting because we've heard that scripture for years, mm -hmm. right? But that sound mind actually means self-control. It does mean self-control. It means self-control. It means the ability to have the tools to control yourself, which is exactly what discipline is. When you talk about discipline, discipline says, I like honey buns, but I'm not eating honey buns because I'm on a weight loss program. If I'm on the weight loss program and honey buns come in the office, I don't then go, oh my God, I got to eat the honey buns because they're in the office. I display self-control. I display discipline. I stick to what I have agreed to. And that's what self-control is all about. And when we accept Jesus, we receive that power. We receive that love and the ability to control ourselves or to exercise discipline. So when we say, well, I don't know why I did it. I just, something just took a hold of me. What, the, what you're saying, what really happens is, is you had not developed discipline in that area and your emotions uh, caused you to react or to behave in a way that was counter what you had said you wanted to do. And so that scripture that says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind is all about self-control. Declare that. Say, I have self-control. I have self-control. I, I, I have the Holy Spirit living in yes. me. How can I not have self-control? You know, one of the things that I, that I, and I've said this before publicly, so I'll say it again. One of the things that I appreciate about at least the old school, I don't know now, but about the old school nation of Islam was that was that they understood discipline. They, un, regardless to their beliefs of what they believed in, different from ours, they understood that if you were going to be a part of their religion, a part of what they were doing, you had to learn to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. We need more disciplined believers. We need more disciplined believers. And one of the things is that if we're going to get more disciplined believers, we have to give up this mindset that the kingdom is a democracy or a buffet. Right. And we need to understand that it's God who created it's us. It's a theocracy. It's God who has mm -hmm. the plans. It's God who knows the way. And our job is to find out what pleases God. Mm -hmm. And it is it, it's to find out what pleases God and it's to do it. Right. Yep. You know, Proverbs 10 and 17, it says people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, mm -hmm. but those who ignore correction will go astray. Mm -hmm. I was reading so many scriptures about discipline because the, let me put this commercial break in. You should definitely go and watch Pastor Ralph's past two service of Wednesdays teaching about discipline, right? And your TED Talk in week two. Yeah. Ed talk, mm -hmm. my bad. Ed talk <laughs> about discipline, right? And discipline is one of those things that it is not sexy, but it will save your life and mm -hmm. it will set you up for success. How many people have gotten to the stage, gotten to the job, gotten to the opportunity, but their lack of discipline, which showed up in a lack of character and bad decisions, moved them right out of the space? And Proverbs tells us over and over again, man, that if you are a person who does not value discipline, it says things like this. Um, if you don't value discipline, you're stupid. If you don't value discipline, you will bring shame to your family. If you don't value discipline, you're going to struggle with poverty and anger and all of these different things. We need to embrace 
discipline. Put this in the comments. Discipline is a gift. We got to reframe how we think about that. Most of us see discipline as oppressive, but discipline is actually a gift. Discipline is your ability to remain calm in the storm. That's what discipline does. It allows you to remain calm in the midst of the storm. Jesus was disciplined. Jesus, oh, that's good. Jesus was disciplined. Jesus did not encounter a problem that threw him off. He did not encounter a situation that caught him off guard. Even when Jesus uh, approached and they asked him questions, his questions, his responses were thoughtful and they were disciplined based on the word. Why? Because discipline will keep you calm in the midst of a storm. On the way over here, when you were talking about something somebody posted on social media and you sent them a message and said, hey, you should take that down, right? Mm -hmm. It was a post of being undisciplined. Undisciplined. How many times have we said the wrong thing? We talked too much. We didn't say the right thing. We didn't take an opportunity. We ended up creating a mess because we lack discipline, right? How many times have we ended up with a stomach ache, heartburn, or something else because we lack discipline? How many times have we ended up in a financial challenge because we lack discipline? Discipline is a gift. How many times have God told you to be quiet? Don't respond. Don't say that. Don't send that email back. Don't hit send. But you did it anyway. And all you did was create more problems. Why? Because you lacked the discipline. You did not have self-control. God gave man free will. So when God says, don't say that, he doesn't come down and put a muzzle on our mouth. He says, don't say that. Now we have to employ discipline, a.k.a. self-control, to obey him. But that's why he says, I've given you power. I've given you ability, dudamus. That's what that is. I've given you the power so that you can close your own mouth. You can close your own mouth. And it's interesting because in this world, we often hear people say things like, why do good things happen to bad people? Or why is there so much crime? And what we really want is we want a world where God controls other people. Yeah, right. But doesn't control right, us, right, right? right? But in the same way that you can choose to eat the other honey bun, mm-hmm. right? Somebody else can choose to scam mm-hmm. you, right? And so we need to embrace discipline. And we need to understand discipline is not just for other people. No, discipline, discipline is for yes. me. It is not. I think that's one of the biggest things we learned in marriage. We wanted God to discipline the Mm -hmm. other person. We wanted God to control each other. And God was like, no, none of this is going to change until both of you do what I am telling you to do. I literally had people typing that in my ear talk. Discipline is for me. Discipline is for me. Discipline is for me. And you got to, you got to, you've got to, you've got to own that. It's got to be accountable to you that, that you need to be more disciplined. And you know, I know that people I know that we try to put a lot of external barriers to be disciplined, right? But the challenge is, is that discipline should be inside out. We should not always need something external to control us. It reminds me of prison. The only way you can do right is if you're locked down, right? That Why did they get there? Many of them got there because they could not control themselves internally. So they must be controlled externally, right? You need to let the Holy Spirit control you internally. Here is one of the fruit. And don't, and don't, and don't, I have to say this though. Don't overestimate yourself. What she's saying is 100% true. But if you know you struggle with certain things, you have got to be willing to put parameters in your life. 
If you don't put parameters in your life, you never give your chance, you never give your brain a chance to change. One of the things I talked about about self-limiting beliefs is that your brain is not stagnant. It's always changing. So if you know, if you know that, that, that you have an eating disorder in terms of you can't control your eating when it comes to certain foods, then don't buy those certain foods. Absolutely. Does it seem like prison? It may, but you may need to be in prison in your mind for a oh little while God. before you can get your brain to change. Because what happens is some people overestimate themselves. They'll hear something like what Pastor Sean said, which is 100% true, and they'll go, oh, okay, I don't, need to, I don't need to worry about turning my phone off at night. I'm strong enough not to respond to that text. And then you're horny, and then you get that text, and then you respond to it, now you end up in somebody's bed. Why? Because you overestimate yourself parameters for your own safety is good and don't overestimate them and i just have to say that because i know we'll be getting the calls when people have failed because they'll misinterpret what you said what you said is true you shouldn't have to always live like a prison but some of y'all need to be bound in a prison for, for for a moment until you can give your brain a chance to change and become someone different Amen. Amen. Because I didn't because I, 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 I we're saying the same thing. We 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 are just we I, are you feel real strong. I do because listen. I know I know what will happen. I know what will happen. People will hear that and they'll go, I ain't gonna put no parameters in my life. Pastor everyone told me to put parameters, but but Pastor Sean said don't put parameters. We're not saying different things. We're we saying, saying that we are saying things. the same thing. If you always responding to a booty call, you turn that phone off at night if you're trying to stop responding. Don't even let the text come through to the next morning when you fresh and out the bed and your horniness has left you. Then you respond and go, nope. <laughs> but but you don't be trying to respond late at night. The Bible tells us not to overestimate ourselves, does it not? In fact, it says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. <laughs> okay. We everybody say got it. Okay. Everybody say got it. Amen. What I'm saying no, I in conjunction with I that know. is that if I work on my inner self, absolutely. If I work on my inner self, it is not, it becomes a point where it's not not seeing the text mm -hmm. that constrains me. It is my inner discipline absolutely. that is constraining absolutely. me. So absolutely. we can have, how about this? We need inner and outer boundaries. Yep. Inner we need we, inner absolutely. and outer absolutely. discipline, right? Absolutely. But when I put, and this is the point that I'm making, is that a lot of times people go on a diet, mm -hmm. right? And they have Weight Watchers or keto or intermittent fasting as their yep. external yep. guide. Yep. But they don't do any work on their internal self. So when you remove so that outside, so when you remove the outside, you're just back to where you used you to be. About to, but, so I, I do think we're saying the absolutely same thing. Are. I think we, we are, are saying absolutely. the same thing. Y'all better listen to y'all pastor not have no booty calls. <laughs> now listen, y'all pastor told y'all he done got That's worked right. up and hot. In fact, that was almost a Pastor Sean moment right there listen, where you know who listen, it is. I know they'll be calling me. And I'm telling you, you don't have to call me when you can do the right thing first. Do the right thing first, my God. So inner and outer discipline. Amen. All right. Number now, six. number six. <laughs> we want to develop a total prosperity learning environment. Mm. We want to develop a total life prosperity environment, mm -hmm. a total life prosperity environment. Now, listen to this. Pastor Edwin, one of the things he told us, he told us we need to tame four things. Yep. Guys, what are those four things? We need to tame can, those thoughts. We need to tame our thoughts. We need to tame our tongue. Our tongue. Tame our temperament. Tame our, heart, our temperament. And, and then what? Our team. Our team mm -hmm. Right? 
Now, the challenge for many people is that they do not build a team or an environment that supports their commitment to God. That's it. They do not build a team or an environment, or an environment that supports, that supports their, their commitment, commitment to, to God. God. Amen. Many times your marriage is not beyond repair. It is that you refuse to get in an environment that normalizes healthy relationships. Oh, that's, good. that's good. That's a plug for relationships 101, by the way. Yes. You, you, it, so you got to develop a total life prosperity learning environment. Mm -hmm. Second Timothy says like this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing, knowing from whom you learned mm -hmm. it. Now, here's what happens. When we do not build this learning environment, mm -hmm. right, and we're not constantly reinforcing, what happens is that it's a lot like being in school. Mm -hmm. And in school, if you think about it, we used to do chapter tests. Yep. And we would, we would, we would immerse ourselves in, in, that, chapter. in that chapter, mm -hmm. right? And then we would move on into another chapter. Yep. I want to know if I'm the only person who ever got to the nine weeks got the study guide and felt like I had never seen that stuff that, When that unit test come up? Babe, when man, that unit test. That when chapter that test was all right, test, but that, that unit test or that nine weeks test? Man. Because what we have the habit of doing, mm -hmm. especially in Western countries, mm -hmm. is we have the habit of memorizing information, being hyped when it's in front of us, but not doing repetitive teaching mm -hmm. so it's foundational for us. Yep. The reason that all of us can say our ABCs, that most of us hopefully can do yep. multiplication facts up to yep. 12, yep. right, is the repetition. repetition. It's with the, the teachers who were teaching us, they were doing this scripture yep. right here. Which is why we say do not despise repetitive, repetitive teaching, teaching, right? Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Now, we've talked about this many times that as pastors, sometimes one of the biggest frustrations is that as soon as you're not teaching about something, people forget mm -hmm. about it. So we're teaching about walking in love. And as long as we teach about walking in love, people staying out of offense, they walking in forgiveness. You stop teaching about walking in love for a month Sorry. and now folks yeah. are cussing people out and they offended. You have got to continue. Tell your neighbor, you got to continue in what you have learned, yes. right? You've got to continue. One of the ways that you continue is your environment, mm -hmm. is your environment, mm -hmm. right? Now, this really ties in with discipline in the same way that we talk about desire and decision loop together, mm -hmm. right? I am going to discipline myself and create an environment that supports where I'm trying to go. Reinforces my discipline, not works against my discipline. Yes. I want a team that says to me, uh, you know, good job on, 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 on your eating plan. Way to stay consistent. Not, not somebody that, oh, you're taking that too serious. One or two little cheap meals ain't going to help. You got to make sure you have the right environment because your environment is what? Always, Always working, working on you. And a lot of times when people first really give their life to the Lord, yep. the Lord gives them a lot of boundaries to retrain their mind. Retrain their mind. He gives a lot of boundaries. He may say things like no secular music, don't watch certain movies, don't go certain places. You need people in your life who respect that. Mm -hmm. Now, I went through a period of time where I think for five years, the Lord told me not to listen to any secular music. Mm -hmm. For five years, I only listened to praise and worship or instrumental or music and mainly just the teaching, right? He was trying to reframe my mind. 
right? So I now hear songs differently than I did before I went through that mm -hmm. period of time. Mm -hmm. So there will be songs that I will be like, oh no, I can't listen to that. Mm -hmm. There have been times we are at a wedding because we like yeah. to dance, yeah. right? A song will come on the Holy Spirit be like, you can go ahead and exit stage mm -hmm. left because that ain't for you, mm -hmm. right? And so we need to understand that this total life prosperity learning environment is going to set us up to support our decisions and to support our discipline. Amen. We don't need people in our lives. If somebody, if, if, if the Lord says to you, listen, I don't want you to drink at all. We don't need friends who still offering us wine. Right. Every we time, don't every need time. friends. I, every, the, you I, know, I, just, I, I told you I don't drink. So every time you tell me, oh, come on, man. Come on, man. I just, come want, on. I just want to offer you. I, I told you, respect my boundaries. Respect my boundaries. Put that in the comments. Respect my boundaries. If, if I made a decision to live celibate until I get married, I don't need to date people who keep trying to get me to push yeah. the limits. And I don't need a team. I don't need people on my team telling me, ooh, child, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I could, couldn't be me. You, you need people who are going to give you the positive reinforcement to maintain your discipline, not to tear down your discipline. Here's a great example. Years ago when the Lord had us driving to Conway, there were people we stopped spending time with yep. because even, even family members yep. that we stopped spending time with because they kept saying, I wouldn't do that if yep. I was you. You're literally encouraging us to disobey God. Right. Be careful of people especially people who have influence in your yes. life who who encourage you to disobey God mm -hmm. they are distractions and the truth of it is we are more likely to be persuaded by someone we value than someone we don't come on now we are more likely so when your mama say don't tie mm -hmm. when you when your mama say go ahead when your best friend say so when i am committed to live in total life prosperity i must create an environment an environment where i'm always hearing what god is saying mm -hmm. an environment where the people in my life are supporting what it is that i'm telling them that god is saying even sometimes when they don't understand it mm -hmm. right colossians 3:14 it says so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, mm -hmm. fully pleasing to him, fully pleasing. bearing fruit in every good work mm -hmm. and increasing in the knowledge of God. This mm -hmm. is how every believer is called to walk. Mm -hmm. We are, we have been, we, we cannot save ourselves, but he tells us to walk in a manner worthy of our salvation mm -hmm. that is fully pleasing to the Lord and that we should bear fruit. And I think of it like this. when, that's, when Every time I've ever read Colossians 3.14, it says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I think about it in terms of if someone gave you what you consider to be a very nice gift, whatever that was, pair of earrings, watch, necklace, car, house, whatever it is. If you value that thing, you're going to take care of it. You're going to treat it right. You're not going to be disrespectful of it. If someone gave you uh, a hand-painted portrait uh, of your grandmother and it looked just like your grandmother mm -hmm. captured her essence about mm -hmm. it, you're not going to take that picture and throw it downstairs in the basement. It's going to be hung up somewhere. You're going to dust it. You're probably going to have some lights added so that it accentuates the painting. Mm -hmm. All kinds of things. Why? Because you value it. So how can we say we value God, but we won't walk worthy of the salvation that he's made available to us? You know, I was talking to Chase one day and he was saying to me that there are decisions that he might have made differently in college 
but that he could not do it because he so valued that we paid for his college. Mm -hmm. So there were times where he might have wanted to go to a party, mm -hmm. but he needed to finish studying. Mm -hmm. And because he valued the that, gift, the gift. Of, 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 of him not having student loans and us paying for school, he respected the gift. He respected the gift. Now, if we can do that for a natural gift, come on. If we can, if a 22 year old young man can say, I'm going to skip this party because I have not prepared the first thing, then we can say, I don't just, I don't just crawl over what Jesus did right. on the cross. I walk in a manner worthy of yes. what Jesus did on the cross. Yes. So just like Jesus surrendered his body to the father for my salvation, right? I surrender my body to the Lord Jesus Christ to honor him. And I do it so that I can become fully pleasing yes. to him. And not, therefore, not, not to my flesh, fully pleasing to him. And when I become fully pleasing to him, then what happens is I can begin to bear that fruit for every assignment God gives me. Yes. Every assignment God calls me to, uh, because I'm living my life to please him, I'm walking worthy of what he's done for me. So then when I participate, I'm doing it with the heart of God. It bears fruit. And as it does that, God keeps teaching me more and more about who he is. That's how I grow in the knowledge. Yeah, is that good? Is that, is. Is that it's that not good? just about reading my Bible. It, I, I need to read my Bible, but when I show up and I obey God, God teaches me something in every instance that I obey Him in. That is so good. So we want to create an environment mm -hmm. that supports this life. Yep. Then number seven. It goes right in hand with that. We've got to do the work. And you know what I should have put in there? Right work. Yes. Do the do the do, work the right way. Do the do the right work the, the right, right way, way. The right way. Right. You got to do, do the work. You got to do the work. And here's what it says in James. Uh, I believe it's James two eighteen. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if that's in our notes. But anyway, it says, "But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works.'" And I will show you my faith by my words. In other words, what James is saying is this. He's saying, listen, you say you got faith. I say I got faith. He says, we we, we both got faith. But where is your faith? Because I can show you my faith by my actions, by my words. He says, but if you say you have faith and you have not words, then your faith is dead. It's alone. You, let me, you, don't, you don't have it. Let me get him an example that you mm -hmm. understand. Babe, how many times have you wanted to clap back on somebody? Today or in general? <laughs> you know, just in, just in general. Because uh, today's been really mild, but, right. but in general, but in a bunch. general, in general, in somebody general, says something to you. They say something slick mouth sideways. Something slick mouth, mm -hmm. right? Now, what happens is your faith mm -hmm. that you should honor God, mm -hmm. your faith that the Holy Spirit constrains mm -hmm. you is now evidenced by your silence. Mm -hmm. That is the that, that that that's it. The, the, that's, that's it. it. I think the when, I, when, don't I, get when, that. I, when I want to type drink bleach, the, the Holy Spirit says, "No, no, 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 no. We don't say we, we don't say that. Water. We don't say that to people. We don't tell people to drink bleach. We don't, don't do that. So even though the enemy will tell me to tell them that, mm -hmm. I'm constrained by my love for God, <laughs> and my faith needs to be demonstrated by my obedience to not respond in a negative way just because I feel like it. So now you can tie discipline with doing the work, mm -hmm. right? Discipline with doing the work. 
And for the record, guys, we don't tell people on social media, not even on Twitter, where it's no, accessible. No, we don't. We, we don't. don't. I'm, no, 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 because no, I'm sure don't. you got some we sons don't. and daughters who probably want to say that thing, and I just want to make a global rule. <laughs> we just don't. I just want, we, just, we just don't. We, we and don't. all the ugly things that you can think of Everything right now. that bubbles just, up inside of you that wants to be rude and clap back and say something so bad, pause, hit the pause button. That's part of being disciplined, able to hit that pause button and hear what Holy Spirit has to say. Absolutely. And so we have to practice mm -hmm. our faith. We have to practice. And one of the things I noticed is that it seemed to me that when you and Ralph really started pressing in on this discipline, I began to notice, probably because we, we pay attention to what, mm -hmm. what What's we're saying, I, we, we, I began to notice how many believers, not non-believers, are a Offended that God wants discipline, that God wants them to do the work. Because, because our flesh is enmity against God. Our flesh wants to run amok. So anytime you try to corral your flesh and put it in a place of, 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 of being subordinate, it wants to fight back. It's like a petulant child. It does not want to honor discipline. And so you have to look at yourself that way. When you become an undisciplined individual, then you have to realize that the truth of the matter is, is you're acting like a petulant little child. Rebellious child who need a whooping in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you see things like this. You see believers and like sometimes, you know how you see somebody's comments on like an Instagram post mm -hmm. or a TikTok post or a post and you just like, they just out here cussing like this, like no restraint. Well, let's no. just be honest. We know we know what that looks like because we've been flooded in social media this week with the pastor who was, who, who was up in front of everybody. And I'm not saying somebody that, that was hidden. She, she put it out there. Uh, they put it out there. Somebody put it out there where she was just cussing in front of everybody. And if you went to the comment section, you it was about 50-50. Half the people were defending it. Now, 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 I can understand anybody being upset if you feel like someone's coming against your relationship. But being upset doesn't give you a, a hall pass to go out and act like, like a donkey. You, you, you can't just, you just can't do that just because you understand it. I understand a lot of things, but what did God say? You got to obey God, not what you understand. That is good. Yeah, because we all I, I love what you said. It's, it's, it's the hall pass. Mm -hmm. It's, I think that what someone said to me, what someone did to me, gives me permission, permission to ignore John 9 and 4. Mm -hmm. It says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Mm -hmm. So I believe that because I feel that someone disrespected me, I feel that some because someone dishonored me because they didn't treat me the way I think I should be treated. I have a right to dishonor God to get back at them. There are no exemption clauses in the Bible that tells us we can be disobedient. There's no read the contract from Genesis to Revelation. There are no exemption clauses that tell us that based on how we feel, we can now void what's in that contract. And what was so scary, because the truth of it is, is that we have all said something we shouldn't have said, oh, sure. hopefully not on a big stage, sure. but we've all said something we shouldn't have said. The bigger challenge was, is that when people offered correction, she doubled down. She doubled down. Yeah. Now, it's easy to look and say, oh, a pastor shouldn't be doing that. But you're saved by the same blood. Same blood. How many times? Same blood. <laughs> same blood. How many times have you been shown that something is wrong biblically, that something is wrong according to the word of God, and you double down? Triple, because quadruple. 
Damn. In fact, now somebody tell you that you shouldn't cuss, and now you go cuss on your next 12 posts in order to prove, to prove that you're you grown, grown. That you're grown. That you're grown. That you're grown. Grown and grown. People who need to prove that they are grown in that way have a pride and a flesh issue, mm. and they end up not doing the work. Amen. They end up not doing the work because they have a pride issue and a flesh issue. And a lot of times people won't do the work because they don't want someone to tell them what to do. They're rebellious and they have they lack self-control. They lack self-control. Over their flesh. So I've got to do the right work, yep. which means doing what I'm supposed to do yep. and not doing what I'm not supposed come to on, do. It's not just doing what I'm supposed yep. to. And here's a good example. Let's say you start going out every day having amazing workouts, mm -hmm. right? And then you come home and eat like crap all mm -hmm. day. You eat honey buns. You are doing what you are supposed but to do. But you are also doing what you're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to, to be doing. And the Bible says you're double-minded when you do it. You're double-minded, which is why you say things like, I've been working out every day and I don't understand why nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changing because nothing is changing. That's right. And now the last thing you got to do is don't give up, cave in, or quit. This is it. Now, this is one of my favorite because, you know, I taught a series years ago called Don't Be a Faithful. Mm -hmm. Listen, the choice to obey God is not always easy. In fact, can we just be honest? Obeying God most of the time will be difficult be because we are flesh beings. And the Bible is clear that until we become more in tune to the spirit, the regenerated spirit part of us, it is going to be difficult to obey God. And if you know that going in, then you don't have to worry about it. You can just be like, okay, I got to stop depending on my flesh. Because your flesh is, your flesh is going, I don't care if you 12 or 112, your flesh is always going to want to fight against God. The question is, which one becomes superior in your life? Your regenerated spirit man or this unregenerated flesh? Because whichever that's one is the strongest is the one that's going to lead you. And that's why discipline, again, but, is so important. Yeah. Discipline helps us do all of these things. It helps us do the right work, yeah. right? It helps us put ourselves in the right environment. And it helps us to develop the tenacity not to cave in or quit. My God. It helps us develop. the. One of the things that I say to people in Inner Circle all the time is, you have been thinking the way that you have been thinking for years before you decided to interrupt. Mm -hmm. Whatever you've been thinking about cussing people out, whatever you've been thinking about money, whatever you've been thinking about food, whatever you've been thinking, you've been thinking it for a long time. It is unrealistic to expect that, that one teaching, one service, one deliverance, or even one year of being heavily dedicated in the word is going to undo 40 years of doing your own thing. And even when you get it undone, you have to remember there's maintenance required because you have an adversary who wants to see you fail. Mm -hmm. So even if you undo all your bad thinking, he's always going to be suggesting more bad thinking. He's always going to be suggesting it. So you have to stay on your game and stay and, and keep your spiritual maintenance up so that you don't buy back into those old belief systems. The truth of it is, I believe, is that in the beginning, so much of the word that we're getting is demolition. Mm -hmm. It is just tearing down mm -hmm. what we used mm -hmm. to believe. And then it begins to clear the space off, so right? You start to and then to lay up. a new foundation, yep. right? 
And I think we've got to develop the fortitude that we do not expect that to be magic. We expect to live a lifestyle of growing and becoming. That's why Galatians 6 and 9 tells us, and let us not be weary of doing good. Mm -hmm. But you know what you should put there? Let us not grow weary of obeying God. Mm -hmm. Let us not grow weary. Don't get bored with obeying God. Don't get Don't bored. Don't get sick of obeying God. Don't, don't get frustrated. Don't get frustrated with obeying God. Don't get offended. Don't grow weary. Don't be like, I don't know why this is serving me. I've been obeying God for a year and ain't nothing changed. Yes, it has. You may not actually be able to see everything that's happening, but every time you obey God, something supernatural happens. Yes. So... For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Can y'all put in the comments, tell your neighbor, don't give up? Can you say due season? That means due, we don't get to pick the season. Due season. We can't, rush it. we can't rush God and rush the time and say, I'm going to obey God for six months. And if six months ain't nothing happened, I'm going back to the streets. No, that's not how it works. He says, don't grow weary in all that you do that is good. And obeying God, that's what's good. He says, don't grow weary in obeying God. For when it's the right time, right? You're going to reap, reap what? All of the harvest of that obedience. Everything that you have, that you may not even, even be able to see that you are obeying God, all of that harvest is going to come to you. He says, when is it going to come to you? If you don't give up. If you don't give up. So many people have given up on obeying God when they had a harvest that was literally coming to them and they gave up. And now the harvest is just waiting on them to come back and obey. Don't give up. So those are the next four. There we go. So we want you to go back and look at the scriptures. You know what you could really do this week is pull up some other yeah. scriptures, pull up some supporting scriptures. When you guys begin to teach about discipline, I pulled up open Bible and said, show me every scripture yeah. in this about yeah. discipline. Yeah. And every day I'm reading one or two scriptures yeah. about discipline, not just trying to read them for memorization, meditating on like, it. What, right? what do you want to say to me about this scripture today? Because you can take that same scripture and meditate on it every day for a week and God will show you something different in it yes yes so what are we talking about there we talked about discipline mm -hmm. we talked about uh developing a total, total life prosperity life environment, environment. Uh -huh. we talked about doing, doing the, right, the work, right work the, the right, right way. way and then we talked about uh not giving up not caving in don't and give up quit. don't wave in and don't quit Amen. if you do these things now we're not done with this series we're going to come oh, back. No, and, that's just, that, we, that's we just, just gave you two weeks of foundation, foundation so that you can now go and study on your own so that when we get to going through each one of these in depth, you'll be right there with us. So I know nobody's going to believe this, but I've already got the notes for next week. Well, that's good. You're doing good. <laughs> I'm real I, I've, I've already got the notes for next week, and I'm so excited to talk about how we can cultivate and strengthen our desire and our decisions mm -hmm. to live total life prosperity. Because they now need listen, to be cultivated. They need to be cultivated. So here's what we want you to do. If you're like listening to this teaching today, and first of all, shout out to the people who rededicated their life last week. Amen. We are so proud of you. We're so glad that you've come home. We want to encourage you to get plugged in. Make sure you're spending time in the word every day. Make sure you're doing prayer, attending prayer and attending praying. Prayer and attending praying. prayer and praying on yes. your own right. 
and practicing the things that you have learned. And so we want to, we will see you back here next week. But yep. before then, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you want to become a partner, mm -hmm. those are things that you can do. You can put in the comment, I want to rededicate my life. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to become a partner. And now it's our opportunity to give. Mm -hmm. It's our opportunity to give. You know, we used to always call this years ago, we used to call this our opportunity for prosperity. for prosperity. It's our opportunity to prosper. Why? Because anytime that you obey God in your giving, there is a seed that is planted of obedience, and that seed of obedience always returns a harvest. Absolutely. Always so, returns a harvest. Oh, but um, follow the steps for giving, give Lafayette, push, pay, tithely, text to give, and PayPal for our international partners. And we will see you here next week. Yes. And we want you to bring somebody with you yes. as we dive into part three Amen. the impact of desire and decision. Amen. All right. The impact of, the desire, impact of desire and, and decision. decision. We love you guys so much. Have an amazing week. Y'all be blessed.